What's up, everybody? Welcome inside Sportsopia Fantasy Fire and Ice. This is the NBA edition. Your boy Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, along with Jonas Snader, the good doctor. Dr. Ray should be popping up on the screen in any minute now. And there he goes right there. We got the trio. Let's call us the replaceables. Um, so let's get ready to hop into it. So, what we do on this Sportstopia Fantasy Fire and Ice, talk NBA basketball, get you ready for the upcoming season, obviously. Draft season right now, and that's obviously when we get into the regular season. We got you covered on that one as well. It's Dr. A, it's Jonas Snyder, two of the bigger names in fantasy basketball, two of the best in the fantasy executive here to go along with it. What's going on, Doc? Uh, well, Corey, while that uh, huge trade went down yesterday involving Damian Lillard, I was in the process of trying to teach my 16-year-old son how to parallel park. Okay. So, I pretty much don't have a voice left at this point from all the screaming <laughs> and yelling that was going on. But. Some people don't learn like that, Doc. You know what I'm saying? Some people, some people, it takes someone. You got to, you got to have a little lighter hand with some people. Yeah, yeah that's what that's what he told me. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what's going on, my man? Happy NBA season, bro. What's up, Corey? Hey, did you just call us the replaceables on the spot? That's brilliant. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> calling you off guard, but that's perfect. I think that might be the, the, the good name for it. Now, but Joe, let, let, let's hop in here and let's get it started. Obviously, big news yesterday goes down. The trade that we've been waiting all offseason for, it takes place. The Portland Trailblazers trade, all-star, the top 75 player, Damian Lillard, not to the Miami Heat, really until their playoff rivals the past couple years, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, the Bucks let go of Drew Holiday. He uh, he goes and he joins the uh, the Portland Trailblazers, and then you have the Phoenix Suns getting DeAndre Ayton, who they I mean, but well, the Phoenix Suns moving DeAndre Ayton to Portland, who they've been trying to get rid of for years. And um, so what do you think? Breakdown. What do you think? Quick breakdown of the trade so far for fantasy purposes and for this upcoming season. Uh, yeah, I'll start. Uh, I didn't like the trade for honestly any team, right? Yes, you add Damien to the Bucks makes them extremely exciting on offense, but they already have all the firepower you need. And you take away Drew, who, and if you've seen him in the playoffs, like Drew has been the difference yeah. maker for them. So that's a big loss. I'm curious to see. They don't even have a backup point guard right now. So that's going to be a big hole to fill. Dame's getting older. Um, as for Portland, I really hated this trade for them. Now I'm going to give them a chance to recover some assets because they can flip Drew. Obviously, like he's going to be a big time piece for contenders to try to acquire. But man, I, I feel like they panicked here, and I feel like this was a shot at Miami too for kind of like lowballing up those offers. Um, I don't like DeAndre Aiden. I don't think he enjoys basketball. I tweeted that yesterday. I got some good feedback <laughs> from that. Um, but as for the Suns, it felt like a very strange trade for the Suns. Yes, I get it. You you don't like DeAndre Aiden, but Nurkic. Yeah, I mean, come on. This just trade just seemed like a big mess. I don't know. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I I think it was messy. Uh, I think it's clear that uh, Drew is not not going to play for his new team. He's going to end up uh, maybe in Miami. Maybe he could be end up anywhere. Um, there's a lot of speculation of, of where he might end up. I don't know where it's going to be. I I wouldn't be surprised if it's Miami, but. Uh, 
it's kind of messy. We we did get a Nurk alert yesterday, um, and that is that <laughs> he's going to Phoenix. But um, I, I don't know that Portland actually panicked. I just think it got to the point where they were like, he's not. He doesn't want to be here. He's not going to play for us. We got to move him for whatever we can get. And and it just kind of is what it is. Kind of interested to see what happens with James Harden and Philadelphia now. I mean, if this is the the best deal they could get for Dame Lillard. What's going to happen with Harden in Philadelphia? So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it does make the bucks kind of scary. You still have Chris Middleton there. You've got Dame, you've got Giannis, but their defense, I think their defense takes a big hit and that, that's, that's a big deal when you're trying to win a championship. Hey, Doc, they move DraftKings Sportsbooks. They moved odds move to Denver Nuggets to as the shortest odds to win the NBA championship this year. Now the Milwaukee Bucks have the shortest odds to win the NBA championship this year. Would you agree with that movement? They they put Milwaukee over Denver? Milwaukee is the favorite to win the championship. No, I, I still like Denver personally. Okay. Yeah. Joe, the uh, same thing. Still like Denver. This is a this is an overreaction to them in the market. Yeah, I'd say so. I I still like Denver and I still like Phoenix, honestly. You know you, you think Phoenix got enough depth? I think they're going to acquire some more in the season, right? There's going to be a bunch of veterans that are getting balled out and all that good stuff. I, I feel like veterans are going to go to that team for the chance to build to compete for a title. So I still think Phoenix can add some more depth. Um, when you're talking about Kevin Durant, I mean, you have a chance, right? So I still like no Phoenix number two, and I have Bucks around number three right now. Let me, let me see. I don't know. Maybe I look at it a little bit differently, right? Because I'm looking at Phoenix. I don't like the. I think the coach set the culture for the organization and now i think the culture is going i think you got a bunch of pieces like to me it seems like a collection of talent but not a team per se you're talking about phoenix right yeah the suns brad beal and like i don't know man i it's gonna be very interesting to see what phoenix looks like i don't think phoenix i'm with i'm with you Corey. i don't i don't feel like phoenix has the chemistry and the, like just like you said, I don't think they can put it all together and win a, win a championship. They have the talent, but Bradley Beal, I'm, I'm not a huge Beal guy. KD, is he going to play more than 45 games this year? Um, Chris Paul's gone. Booker's awesome. DeAndre Ayton, I mean, now you've got Nurk in there. Are they going to miss DeAndre Ayton? And, uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of, of some of these some of these bands that were kind of groaning to me right before COVID hit, like, man, we're sick of being on the road. We just want to be home with our families. And then COVID hits and they can't tour or make money for three years. <laughs> and then COVID's over and they go back on the road and they're like, Oh my thank God. You know, we can go back on the road. You, you got, you don't really know what you have until it's gone kind of thing. And I'm not say, saying Aiton was all that, but I, I, you know, he, he's not a terrible basketball player. And I think he was kind of an important piece for that team. So as frustrating as he was, you're replacing him with Nurk. And I, you know, good luck. Joe, does this affect anyone's ADP? Now, I know it's early in draft season. I do got some ADP talk I want to get into. But as the way you look at this trade right now, does anyone's ADP fluctuate based upon this trade? Now, at the top of the trade, I would maybe knock Damian Lillard, maybe Jonas, maybe a spot or two back, but nothing crazy, right? They are what they are. They're going to get what they're going to get. Um, I think the big question mark right now is Drew Holiday. Like, where the heck do you draft him right now? 
not knowing if he's even going to play a game for Portland, where he's going to be rerouted to. And most likely, if someone's going to acquire him, it's going to be a contender. So if you throw him in Boston, you know, that's not great for his value, right? He's going to be the third option there at best. So uh, I think Drew Holiday right now probably lost a round or two of ADP value. Guess while we wait and see where he goes. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be fooled into taking DeAndre Ayton. But I'm just not interested, right? Like, the dude hasn't looked happy on a basketball court since college, <laughs> right? I mean, I think a lot of people are going to buy into his hype, and I just don't see it. Like, he's going to be on a rebuilding roster, and come February, March, and April, it's going to be a lot of shenanigans there too. So I don't see it. What do you think, Doc Trade? Move anybody value up and down the board for you? Not huge. I mean, Nurk, Nurk becomes – very relevant now. I mean, a, a late round center center pick for Nurk. I, I think uh, Anthony Simons. Jonas, didn't you have him on your on your bus list? Yes, I think did. I did. Yeah. Uh, but if if Drew doesn't doesn't stick around, uh, Simons is gonna Simons is gonna be a guy that's gonna probably ball out if if that ends up being the point guard. So I, there's. We, we really need to see where Drew ends up before we know uh, what's going to happen. I kind of feel like Drew's going to be moved sooner than later. Um, Joe, what is your – what are you preparing for right now? Are you preparing for season-long 12-team rotisserie-type scoring? Are you preparing for best ball? What is your main avenue of preparation this time of year for fantasy basketball drafts? I'm just preparing for nine cat leagues, okay. um, seeing all the different situations around the league. Um, obviously, we were waiting for the Damian Lillard and James Harden dominoes to fall. Like, we have one left, right? One more domino, and that's James Harden. And then we basically can lock in the first two rounds. So, I think now we finally have some clarity, and uh, I'm ready to get some mock drafts in now, see how everything's changed. Same thing, Doc. Uh, nine cat, that's your, that's your thing? Uh, yeah, I play a lot of uh, DFS. Uh, FanDuel as well. I, I haven't really messed with best ball. I mean, I know the concept of best ball. I haven't really messed with it a whole lot. It's something I'm interested in trying out this year. Um, Sportstopia has this incredible optimizer tool that I'm excited to use um, in the DFS stuff. And then as far as as far as prepping for the for the regular fantasy stuff, I think Jonas wrote a draft guide by himself this summer. I've been immersed in this stuff with Sportstopia, ESPN, Rotowire for for a while now. So I, I don't think there's any prep work left for me to do other than uh, just to go out there and try and, to reach for my guys and get on the clock. Drafts. Yeah, go out there and get on get the on clock. The clock. All right, Joe. So here get we go. Back in the lab. National Fantasy Basketball Championship. Let's. I'm gonna bring this up into into four different pieces. The first six. We'll go uh, groups of six, four groups of six. This is the first six. Jokic, Embiid, Shea Gildress-Alexander, Jason Tatum, Tyrese Halliburton, Luka Doncic. Top six right now in ADP at the National Fantasy Basketball Championship. Is that the correct six? I think it's the correct six. I don't think it's the correct order. Okay. Now, I have Jokic in a tier all by himself, and I have Joel Embiid in another tier all by himself. Those two are just far and beyond the best players in the NBA right now and the best players in fantasy. Um, we all know about Jokic. The thing about Embiid, though, is Nick Nurse has already talked about playing him more games, right? So if Embiid gets more than 70 games, like it's game over. Like that's huge. Um, I think they're going to load manage him more in practice instead of games. That's another area that Nick Nurse is 
he does great at, right? He kind of ran those four or five Toronto studs into the ground last year, like playing Fred Van Leet 40 minutes a game. So Embiid better get ready. He got to get that ice bath ready. Um, but three and four, I think SGA and Halliburton, man, like getting those elite point guards are just nice. so easy to build around. They're still trending up. Their teams are going to be competitive this, this year. Um, and to me, that just they're just so much easier to build around, per se. But I know Doc's going to put Luca in there, so that's totally fine. But, uh, but before, before we get to Doc, let me ask you a, a, a question about, about Embiid. I remember watching after Doc got fired, right? I was, he was on uh, Doc Rivers was on Bill Simmons. And Bill Simmons asked him about, you know, getting the job. And he said the tough, one of the toughest things to do was, Ben Simmons was there at the time as well, to teach Joel and Ben that taking nights off was like, that was a thing of the past. Like, now I'm here. They told me, one of the things they want me to do is to make sure that you guys play. And they played more. With Nick Nurse, is the next step for Embiid, okay, let's get in shape. So we good to go down the stretch. Is that, is that, is that, is that, how Doc said his job was to get them playing is Nurse's job to get Embiid healthy. I mean, in shape enough to play all year. Right, absolutely. And keep in mind, when you're drafting in head-to-head leagues, um, basically Embiid's games played history is baked into like his cost and like auction drafts and all that good stuff, right? If you're telling me in a head-to-head league that Joel Embiid is going to attempt, at least attempt to play 72, 75 games – and like I said, like he's in another tier of his own right next to Jokic. So that to me, the nurse hire is going to send him to the next level. Yeah, I think I think Nick Nurse is one of the, uh, the, the the great minds in basketball. Doc, that's six right there. Let me repeat that. Jokic and beats SGA, Jason Tatum, Ty Halliburton, Luka Doncic. So for me personally, if I'm in a draft room, I'm taking Jokic at one. If I get the second pick, I'm just taking Luka because that's what I do. If I'm advising someone of what to do, it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be Jokic. Then it's going to be Embiid, like Jonas said. And then Shea Gilgis, to me, is is the number three. Like when, when I go into a draft, I want a top five pick because I want to come out of there with either SGA, Halliburton, or Luka. Like that, that's what I want. Uh, I'm still worried about Embiid's durability. If he does play 70 games, it, it is going to be over, like like Jonas said. Uh, and then Tatum, to me, is sort of a step below all those guys. Now, having said all that, Luka is very concerning to me. And, and B-Dub from FBI, and I talked about this on his podcast here tonight, Dallas is not going to be very good. I mean, I know you they're – think so, huh? I know they're top ten – in the odds of win it all, but that's just because they have Luca. Luca doesn't have anybody else to play with except Kyrie Irving. So they also tanked at the end of last year so that they wouldn't have to give the Knicks their pick. That they've got a similar situation coming up this year. Luca still doesn't have the help he needs. And I'm just worried about uh, I'm just worried about them not being that competitive at the end of the season and maybe Luca misses a bunch of games. Plus it seems like his ankles are always banged up. I mean, he's on the floor a lot. Um, so I'm, I'm still going to take him. I'm just a little, little nervous about uh, Luca making it all the way through the season this year. Still think feel like we're waiting on that Luca MVP season. Joe, the second group, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Trey Young, 
I'm about to say Al Davis. I don't know why I'm in the football mode. And Anthony Davis, not Al Davis, not the great Al Davis. So that's Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Trey Young, and Anthony Davis. Uh, so much injury risk in there, right? You got Anthony Davis can only play 30 games in his dreams. Um, at least we now have, <laughs> at least we now have some clarity on Damian Lillard. I'm comfortable with him in that range. Um, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, they're kind of in the same boat, right? They're still top three, top five talents in terms of per game, but how many games are you going to get out of them, right? Yeah. Is the new awards voting where they have to play 65 games going to factor in? I don't think so, right? They've already reached all the players. awards. Yeah. They've already reached all the awards they want to get. They're just, they care about rings now. So that to me is why Curry and Durant are in that tier. And that is the only reason just health and games played. Um, so you also, you also said, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah, Trey Donovan Young. Mitchell. That seems a bit high for it Donovan does, Mitchell. And I, that's my, my first thought was Mitchell was a bit high. Yeah. You think I, young, high is, young is high too. Yeah, I like – I mean, I love Donovan Mitchell and Trey Young, but maybe in the second round, but not here, you know? Yeah. Uh, same group in Doc. Uh, um, Davis, Young, Lillard, Mitchell, Durant, and Curry. Uh, you know, the, the order you gave them to me in the first time, Curry, KD, Mitchell, yeah. Lillard, Trey – and AD, uh, Mitchell kind of sticks out there. Like, well, what's he doing in that in the middle of that group? So that's that's a little weird. I'm, I think Lillard, Lillard's value went up yesterday because now we know what's going on. Right? That's true. So, yeah. so we can lock that's into fair. Lillard without being worried about it. You know, if we if we have a draft, the three of us have a draft right now. Where are we taking James Harden? So I don't know. So the so that question's out the window. So Lillard's good to go. I, I like Curry. I, I think Curry is the youngest 30-whatever-something guy in the, in the league. Uh, I'm worried about KD. I'm worried about the games played. Um, Thanks. Trey Young is a – with DeJounte in Atlanta, Trey's a second-round guy. He's not a first-round guy anymore. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised that he's showing up on this list. And then, you know, I think Jonas and I agree we're – we're not drafting Anthony Davis uh, in the first or second round. I, I'm not touching 80. Yeah, he's off my board, too. I would agree with that. Let me ask you, uh, stay right here, Doc. Let me ask you about Trey Young. Last year, uh, I noticed at round two in the back, after the All-Star break, his three-point prop most nights was set at 0 0.5. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And then I'm like, I'm playing it, and I'm like, oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? Why, what happened to Trey Young's three ball? Right? Yeah, what happened to Trey Young? Uh, <laughs> you know, and he, there was a lot of bad juju. You know, I'm, I'm in Atlanta or near Atlanta, and the, the sports radio every day was just, oh, Trey Young isn't doing what we need him to do. Is he going to get traded? Like, his name was brought up in trade rumors on the radio almost every day. And I'm sure that that was wearing on him a little bit. The fact they threw DeJounte Murray into the middle of that team, which I personally love because the, the year before in the playoffs, Trey got overrun and there was nobody else in the backcourt to help him out. So they, they wanted to not have that happen again. And I think they succeeded, but by adding DeJounte in, it took a lot of what made Trey special away um, and he's just more of a, a scorer, good player now than he is, um, you know, like a fantasy superstar. So two years ago, we were drafting Trey Young at like number 10 and it looked like a lock. And now I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm taking him at 20. 
You know, it's a great movie back in the day, coming of age story called Juice. You know what I'm saying? You may have seen it. Tupac was in the movie. And in the movie, like, I almost feel like the, the, the Tupac became this negative character and it, it kind of like took over his personality. I think being a heel took over Trey Young's personality. And I think that, like, why are you portraying yourself as this villain? You're getting coached. You're getting you, you got two coaches ran. The dude, McMillan, last year at one point, was like, I'll just leave. <laughs> you know, and I was like, let me get your money, bro. You know what I mean? So it's like, Joe, what what it's like the 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 narrative or young, it's like that series in New York, he became a villain in New York. Then he took that to the whole league. And I'm like, you know, the nutmeg between people's legs and all of that stuff. It's like the league and the fan bases has turned on him. Yeah, and you know it's not helping is DeJounte. Look, I love DeJounte, but he's been a knucklehead for the past couple of years. Like you've seen it in pickup games where he's just like toying with players, bouncing the ball off their head, you know, all that disrespect. <laughs> like him and Trey are just buying into that villain story now. They're just fully embracing it. And it might be to their downfall too. Sorry. No doubt. All right. Next grouping right here. Uh start with you, Steve. Giannis, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Demontis Sabonis, Devin Booker. That's Giannis Ball, Edward Sabonis. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. That's Giannis Ball, Edward Sabonis, Carl Anthony Towns, and Devin Booker. Towns is such a tough guy to depend on because of injuries. But when he's out there, Doc, man, he can really put up some numbers. But I don't think Towns is going to be anywhere near any of my teams this year. Is that a mistake? It might be because it's not like he's constantly twisting ankles or or – having knee injuries is always he's always got some like big personal thing going on and, and he, he he's missed a lot of games over his career but it's i don't feel like he's necessarily an injury prone type of guy and this could be the year you know uh you know the the shutdown and the pandemic and all that stuff is in the rearview mirror he hopefully got in the lab and worked really hard all summer like I like this six better than the six before. That's interesting. Yeah. Because um, you got Giannis in there. As long as you don't care about free throws, you're good to go. Although I I don't like the fact that Giannis's knee always seems to be yelling. Yeah. Like it's, I feel yeah. like there's always something wrong with his knee. I hope it's not chronic. Um, I don't think it's enough to stop me from taking him. His free throws are. If I'm in a free throw percentage league, I'm not touching him. But uh, Lamella Ball is, is almost a sleeper this late. Like he's got potential to be, you know, right there with Halliburton and, and SGA. That's interesting. If he, can, if he can stay healthy, you know, um, I don't know if he can. And then yeah, Ball's ankle terrifies me. <laughs> yeah, Ball's ankle is scary, especially since Lonzo. You know, it, I wonder if it was the shoes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> big, I wonder if the big baller, the big, the, the big baller brand shoes, is, is killing knees and ankles. Big that's ballers on, took, the whole, took the whole family out, man. Uh, what do you think of that group? Oh my bad. Go ahead, Doc. No, go ahead, man. What do you think of that group, Joe? Yeah. So you said Devin Booker, Cat, Anthony Edwards, Giannis, and Ball. Who was the sixth one? Uh, Devin Sabonis. 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 Okay. Um. Honestly, I might like Anthony Edwards and Lamella Ball the best out of these guys. Interesting. And now, you could argue Giannis is the best, but you have to punt aggressively in at least one category, right? You have to punt. 
threes, free throw percentage, and obviously he's going to have four or five turnovers a game. Um, but yeah, I think Anthony Edwards, man, I don't think enough people are talking about him. He's going to be the man this year. Like this is his team now. It's no longer cats. Um, he has the perfect, perfect stat set too. Um, I really like him this year. And I just got a notification that my battery's running off. So let me grab my charger really quick. <laughs> I feel like um, I feel like we should be flip flopping Donovan Mitchell and Anthony Edwards on this list. That's, like, okay, that's cool. Like I put Mitchell I love over. That. I also put Ball over there instead of Trey. So I'd have Ball in the top twelve instead of Trey. Um, I probably have Giannis over there instead of Anthony Davis. Okay. Um, and, and I like is, De- Devin Booker. We didn't talk about Devin Booker. Uh, I like Booker, but he's playing with Beal and, and KD now uh, and Nurkic. <laughs> uh, so that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, I think I Beal's still going to get guys. his buckets. What's up, Joe? I have a question for you guys. So they now they said that Beal's going to be kind of like their point guard, but isn't Booker better suited to do that for him? Like, I just 100%. feel like it's going to be Booker. Hundred percent. You know, I kid. My kids live in the D.C. area, so a lot of times on the weekends I'll go up there and I'll visit them, whatever. And if I'm in town on a Friday night and the Wizards are home, I'll go to a Wizards game. And what I noticed watching a lot of Wizards game last year, they was running their offense through Kyle Kuzma with Bradley Beal on the court. Like he mm-hmm. is a different player than than he was. You know, that was like Kyle Kuzma's team down the stretch. I'm used to Beal taking over those games. Uh, Beal is not the same player. I'm I'm not really in on Beal at all. It's a lot of money. So is he makes a lot of money. I don't think he's the same player. I, I I'm not I'm not in on Beal this year. I have not been on Beal ever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doc, he was a bucket one time. Don't do that. He was a bucket, but I didn't like him. I, I, the lower leg injury back in you know five six years ago, whatever. Uh, ever since then, I just kind of feel like he's the most overrated guy in fantasy. Everybody's like, oh, Beal top ten, Beal top ten. And, and he was going late first round, early second round for years, and I, I just didn't feel like he ever really lived up, lived up to the hype. If maybe he met expectations, but he never really exceeded them. Um, but anyway, I like Devin Booker a lot, I, and I, I can't see Beal having the ball in his hands more than Booker does. I mean, it's just the Beal ship has sailed. I feel like, yeah, that that could be a recipe for disaster. Final grouping. Jaron Jackson Jr., Kyrie Irving. This is when we see the names James Harden, uh, Macau Bridges, Bam Adebayo, Darius Garland. Once again, that sec, that final group, and Jaron Jackson Jr., Kyle Irving. I mean, Kyle Irving, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Macau Bridges, Bam Adebayo, and Darius Garland rounded out. Joe, what do you think of that six right there? Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. is the best player in that group, just I in agree. my opinion. Now. A lot of people are all like hesitant to draft him in the second round. It's like, well, he finished in the first round last year in 27 minutes per game. Like he doesn't have John Morant for the first 25 games. Dylan Brooks isn't there to take 25 shots a night. Like, <laughs> oh, I don't God, understand. Dylan Brooks is going. Thank you, Jesus. Like, like JJJ <laughs> had one or two bad games, like in the World Cup when he was matched up against bigger centers, but that's not going to happen in the NBA. He's got Steven Adams to do that for him, right? Yeah. So I feel like people knocked him down their boards for no reason. Uh, I have JJJ pegged as a late round, late first rounder this year. I'm yeah. a big Jaron. I'm a big Triple J guy. And he has a little bit, you know, a couple of years ago, he had some let le- lethargicness to his game, a lot of fouls and stuff like that. But the player I saw last year, I'm like, oh, all right, this guy is really, his game has really improved. I love JJJ. 
I'm right there with Jonas. I mean, Jonas is president of the JJJ fan club. That's I'm right. never going to try to take that away from him. I'm never going to step on his toes or, or get too <laughs> hyped up about JJJ, but I'm fired up about him, man. And I, I, uh, Wrote about it. I wrote about him in my my guys column. I wrote about him in uh, the mock draft, and I just I just think twenty five games without Ja, Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. are going to go crazy. And and JJJ, the thing about him, man, and Jonas knows this. He hits threes. He he gets steals. He's an elite shot blocker. He's good free throw shooter. Um, you know, you guys may have heard me talk in the past. My buddy that I started sort of started playing uh, fantasy basketball with back in the day, his name is Keelan, and he lives in Indianapolis, and he has been a high school teacher for most of his life. Well, he's a principal now at Park Tudor, and that's where JJJ went to school in Indianapolis. So I feel like it's come full circle. Keelan and JJJ hanging out <laughs> in the same place. This is the this is the year, man. Jaron Jackson Jr. is, I mean, he could he could really be special this year. Um, Mikael Bridges and Darius Garland. What do you think about those guys, Joe? Yeah, I'll start with Mikael. Like, I love him. Obviously, the one thing that worries me is, man, what is going to happen to that Brooklyn's roster this year? Right? They're trying to incorporate Ben Simmons. They're probably not going to be very good. Like, I, I love Claxton. I love Cam Johnson. They have some pieces, but we're talking eighth or ninth seed right now, right? That's where you don't want to be as an NBA franchise. And I think the front office yeah. is a very aggressive front office. So I don't think they're going to be content with that, right? So they're either going to go one way, put their chips in and grab someone. I thought they were going to be a player for Damian Lillard, honestly, before the trade yesterday. But now that's off the table. Um, I think a rebuild is more likely. And that makes me nervous for Mikel late season. But, man, early on, like he showed it last year, he's legit, right? He had way more in his bag than he showed at Phoenix. So I love Mikel. I think in the early going, when Brooklyn's at least somewhat competitive, I think he's going to be a second-round value. He's just that good. Uh, who's the other one you said, sorry? Oh, uh, it was Darius Garland. Yeah, Darius Garland. I have him pegged as a third-rounder. Like, Got if it. Donnie Mitchell wasn't there, it'd be a different story. I'd have him in the second round. But with Donnie Mitchell there, he kind of took over that offense last year, reduced Garland's usage just a little bit. Um, and who knows, maybe this will be Garland's team sooner rather than later because we've heard the whispers around Donovan Mitchell, right? Like, yeah, those New York we're trying to figure real. out a way to get to the Knicks, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Come hell or high water. Uh, yep. Doc, what's the best fantasy location for James Harden? No, wow, like, is it? Is it the Clipper thing? Is it see, it, this is the whole saying in Philadelphia thing n nobody can tear down a franchise like James Harden, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm -hmm. So if I'm Nick Nurse, I'm like, if he gonna come in here with the fat suit, let's just, let's do something different. They got, I feel like they gotta move him, you know what I'm saying? So what do you think is like, not really necessarily the best team, but like what kind of fit? Where's it at, where could he go? What is What should he be looking for to make him successful fantasy? Like where can he go and just shoot the Wizards, where he can just shoot, 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 shoot? <laughs> well, I mean, he's not gonna wanna go to the Wizards because- Of course, yeah. Because they're going to be then, terrible. He's not going to yeah. want to go to Detroit. I mean, would James Harden want to go play with Luka? Maybe. Uh, Kyrie's there. Don't forget. But oh, Kyrie. We, yeah, that's not going to work. Kyrie out of there. <laughs> Kyrie out of there. You know, that's a good question, Corey. I really haven't thought about yeah. where a good place for Harden to land is because I just sort of forgot about James Harden at some yeah. point. Um, so I, I don't know that I've – 
I've got an intelligent answer to give you because I haven't really thought about it it's enough. Fine. But um, I do want to talk about Mikhail Bridges for a second, though. I know can that's I one that? of you guys. Of course you can. Mikhail Bridges um, averaged 26 points a game, I believe, for the Nets once he got to Brooklyn. He was at 17 in Phoenix. He was at 26 in Brooklyn. For him to be a second-round guy, he's got to build on some of his numbers, and I don't know. I mean, I love Mikhail Bridges, but and I was super fired up about him, but once I started really studying his numbers – like he's gonna have to score almost thirty a game, and and have more steals than he had last year to get into second round value. And I think he's being taken in the second round in a lot of leagues. I'm looking at him more in the third round at this point. Like Jonas said, you know that's an aggressive franchise, aggressive ownership. You know, as we see, as I know, being an Atlanta Hawks fan, finishing seventh and squeaking into the playoffs and then getting crappy draft picks is not the way to build your franchise. So I'm a little worried about Bridges as well, but I, I, I love the guy. I love him. Now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm a supporter as well. You know what I'm saying? I can't stand anything Brooklyn Nets, but I am a big supporter of uh, Mikhail Bridges. Steve, let me get to one of your guys. Well, let me get to your guys. I want to talk about some of them and uh, bounce them off of Jonas as well. Uh, the first one that stuck out was Victor Wetmanyana, and I just can't do dudes that like seven, eight, seven, nine. It, it, to me, I'm just like it's it's, it's not going to work. <laughs> Why is this going to be different than every other? 7-10-2 that came into the NBA uncoordinated and looking crazy. Did you watch any of those games against Scoot, Corey? Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, yeah, I did. <laughs> dude, I, I, I saw that. I heard all the hype. You know, we've been hearing, we've been hearing it for two years now. Yep. He's finally here. And I think it's real easy. You know, how many guys have lived up to the hype uh, coming in? There's Tiger Woods. And there's LeBron James. Maybe there's Kobe Bryant. But Kobe Bryant got off to a slow start to his career. But it's very hard for somebody to have that much hype coming into their career and actually live up to it. And the fact that LeBron has been able to do it is kind of incredible. Uh, if Wembenyama can do it, it's going to be it's going to be quite a story. I'm worried about his build. I'm worried about how skinny he is. I'm worried about how non-special he looked in summer league you know he didn't really stand out to me uh but i think that so many people could not be so wrong about a guy like there's too much hype for him to fail as long as he stays healthy i think Wembenyana is gonna go off and you know i've got one team already that i drafted where i've got luca i've got wimby i've got chet holmgren I'm fired oh, up. Like boy. you talk about the all risk, all reward team. Like if nothing else, it's gonna be super fun to watch. And I can't I can't wait to watch Women Yama play for the Spurs and, and Greg Popovich. I just hope that Pop doesn't go Kawhi on Wimby and sit him out one game a week, but he might. I don't so, think he'll do that. Wimby, you, Wimby yeah, he loves basketball way too much. You know what I mean? If you listen to him talk in interviews, the dude just lives and breathes it. You can just tell like He's a different breed, man. He really is. He's just a special guy. Um, I was hooked on him ever since I saw like a they released like a two versus two video with him against Rudy Gobert when he was like 16 years old, and he was just giving him buckets over and over again. And then the following summer, he's against Chet in the World U19 World Cup, and he's just torching Chet. 
right? This kid's re- this kid's legit. And then you're talking about the summer league. To be fair to Wimby, the Hornets pretty much double and triple team him every time he got the ball, right? And it's his first game. And in the second game, he kind of blew up, right? So I'm with C. I think he's going to have a monster, monster season. So uh, I have him in the third round comfortably. I take him there all day. Um, all right. Let me um, get to another one of your guys, Steve. Uh, we mentioned you mentioned Chet briefly right there. Oh, I want to talk about uh, Alpha Rents again and uh, the, the the Houston Center. I hope I said his name right. Oh, Alper and Shingun? Yes. <laughs> I, apparently I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I speak whatever that was, Corey, so I was able to figure it out. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Jonas and I have been burned by Shingun before. You know, back when we were at Roto World, we were kind of high on Shingun. Um, his rookie year, and then we were high on him the next year. And, and he, he's slowly gotten better. But this is the year he breaks out. And um uh-huh. Houston has has got a good young nucleus. They've added Fred Van Vliet for some stability and some leadership. And Shangu's been in the league, what, three years now. So he he knows the drill, he knows what it takes. And I think he's gonna be one of the one of the most consistent and solid fantasy centers there is this year. Yeah, I'll be quick. You had Fred Van Vliet, you had a new head coach. Uh, suddenly have some good pieces around you, some exciting rookies. Like, there's finally some structure there. Like, a floor for Sangoon is like 16, 10, and 5, right? 5 being Ooh. the assist. Like, he's just a monster. Um, in a couple of years, we could be talking about a first-rounder, potentially. So I'm I'm all in on him at this price. You can read Steve's guys right now, sportstopia.io. That column is live. Also, column that is live is Jonas's bus for this upcoming season. Uh, You can read that right now on sportstopia.io. Get yourself ready for the upcoming fantasy basketball season. A couple of names on that list. Uh, R.J. Barrett, uh, Joe. It looks like I was like, you know, I'm sitting up there and I'm reading this. And it's like I'm reading your analysis on it. And I'm like, you were writing. I feel like you were writing it for me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, R.J. Barrett's going to be able to do better this year. And I'm like, I'm reading this. And like, okay, I'm the guy he's talking about. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So funny story. I was in an auction draft last year, one of many drafts I do. And I just took him for a dollar because I was just, I just needed some points and rebounds and assists. And I kind of under like rated just how bad he can obliterate your percentages, your turnovers. It's just like you're watching him and he gets to the line 11 times. He makes two of them. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm never doing this again. And I'm pretty sure I cut him like a month and I was just like, I can't, I can't take this anymore. It's just those guys are just so empty, like points, rebounds, and assists, and there's nothing else, and they just torpedo everything else. So I and cannot say You'll see RJB on Sports Center, and you'll see highlights, mm-hmm. and you're like, I'm, and then you look at his ranking on Basketball Monster, he's like 191st or whatever. It's like, <laughs> how is that possible? But oh, dude, he's a Nick. That's how it's possible, Doc. Him and, him and Kelvin Johnson. I mean, the guys that just score and do just volume scores and do nothing else to contribute, like they are fantasy killers. Yeah, no doubt. They really do throw off your percentages, guys like that. Another guy I wanted to ask you about on this list is our uh, Brandon Ingram. Uh, Ingram is a guy, obviously, I'm quite sure injuries play a role in why he's on this list. Yeah, so injuries obviously factor in, but I think the biggest thing with him is he was only a sixth rounder last year, and people are drafting him in the fifth round, sixth round still, but low peripheral stats, man. 0.4 blocks, not going to cut it. 0.7 steals, not going to cut it. And his three-pointers, I'm sorry. It's all good. 
Three point is also looking pretty low. Yep. Sorry, my computer buzzes, so I had to shirt it off my desktop. So point like one point four three pointers for a, a guy as good as him, like that just doesn't make sense. And then you have to factor in he had a thirty percent usage rate last year. Like that ain't happening with Zion back. Like what um, if Zion plays, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then and- Trey Murphy's gonna be healthy in six weeks too. He's gonna take some shots away. I just don't see with Brandon Ingram, man. And he had a really bad World Cup too. I don't think no one's really. He was terrible in the World Cup. It seemed like something was. It seemed like something is going is going on, you know, outside of basketball. I don't ever want to speculate on that, but I didn't like the way he looked at all. But I was not surprised to see his name on that list. And he plays forty games a year, so there's that. Yeah, yeah, that's never really going to help. Um, you talked about Anthony Simons uh, briefly earlier. Uh, Simons is a guy right now we're thinking could get some more shots. You could still consider him as a player on that bus list, correct? Well, you know, I may need to reconsider because yesterday I was writing that and the Drew trade just happened. And I was like, well, is Drew going to play in Portland at all? And the more I'm reading into it, I was just like, I don't think he is. I think they're going to reroute him pretty quickly. So maybe Simons gets more run than I initially expected. Um, but they still have Shade and Sharp. And honestly, if you asked around yeah. Portland, I think they're higher on Sharp than they are Simons. Yeah. Being completely honest with you. I mean, I am. What about you, Steve? Yeah, I am too. But I like, I mean, I don't think Shadon Sharp's a point guard. I think, I think Simon's, Simon's is. Oh, he's a combo guard kind of. So he plays both. Yeah, but I, I, I would want, I mean, if Dame's not there, I want Shadon and, and Simon's out there together. Now, my sleepers list, Jonas, Jonas did bust yesterday, probably posted it right as that trade news broke. I wrote my sleepers yesterday, right before that trade uh, happened. So I had Amphrey Simon's on my sleeper list. And, wow. and Jonas had him on his bus list, so I took him off my sleeper list. But now that we think Drew is not going to play in Portland, I may have to I may have to throw Simons back on that list. But but the sleepers will be hitting uh, tomorrow on Friday. All right, there you go, right there. So that's Sportstopia.io. Get that good content over there, Steve. Guys, you also get Jonas's bus, and you see that QR code right there. You can hit that, get a free seven day trial. I mean, not a free, get a seven day test drive of the optimizer. It cost you one dollar. But the way the way they hit Millie Makers seems like every week I'm talking to Daryl, so you might as well just go ahead and sign up for that uh, full time right now. Before we get out of here, Jama Rant, uh, 25 game suspension to start the season. Is he worth the risk in fantasy as a, as a stash and hold? Uh, uh, you can start with that one, Joe. Um, if you ace your draft and he's there in the ninth or tenth round, sure, why not? Right, as soon as he comes back, he's gonna put it like you can put him on the court right now. He's gonna put up 25, eight and eight. Right. So that just seems like an easy, easy grab in the ninth or tenth round, assuming you don't have much risk in your first several picks. Doc. Yeah, it just depends on where he is. I mean, I'm not gonna take him in the, the fifth round, but I might take him in the seventh round. I might take him in the eighth. It, it just depends on what my what my team is looking like and, and how I'm feeling. If I'm if I feel like I'm lacking in, in a point guards a little bit and he's sitting there late, twenty-five games will come and go before we know it it's a long time it's a third of the season but it also won't take that long once the season gets going for for it to to be over so and he's got to stay off tmz too he's got to stay off tmz he's got to leave the gats at home yeah, man, please. <laughs> all right, December 19th is that return date. We'll be definitely be rocking and rolling all through there, getting you ready for the upcoming season. So um, thanks, everybody. Debut episode, Sportstopia, Fantasy Fire and Ice, NBA edition. We'll be here all week getting you ready for your upcoming drafts, and then when we get in season, we'll help you to make the wise decisions, DFS, season-long leagues, prop bets, whatever the case may be. For Jonas Nader and the doctor, Stephen Alexander, is Corey Parson, the fantasy executive. We're out.
Thank you.